Welcome back to our daily Bible study time. We're in the book of 1 Peter. We're closing out chapter 4. We're in a section that has some very controversial uh, statements in it that are very difficult for us to understand. I'm sure they're not that difficult, but, you know, it's, it's sometimes our minds don't comprehend the things of God. And Peter is talking about how Jesus, after his resurrection, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To, and we, we've said yesterday that, that spirits usually means angels are demons. And we know that a lot of the angels rebelled against God and joined Lucifer, who tried to overthrow God, and God threw him out of heaven and these angels out of heaven in, into a place called Tartarus, which was a place of punishment. And the picture probably here is this is Jesus after his resurrection going and speaking to these who had rejected him and just reminding them that he was the victor, that he was the king. It was not a I told you so, but it was simply a declaration that he is king over everything under the earth, on the earth, above the earth, around the earth, and that he is king of all. And he, he uh, the Bible tells us that after Jesus rose from the dead that he in 30 days ascended, uh, 40 days ascended to be with his father in heaven. And Peter's emphasizing Christ's complete victory. It is a victory that we cannot win. He won it. We can receive it. And now he intercedes for us as our great high priest and our advocate. Now, then he suggests several things that we should do. And one is, of course, receive him as our Lord and Savior in the light of what he's done for us. And then second, he talks up here about obeying him in baptism. But he puts it in a way that's a little difficult to understand. For he says, in, in the ark were only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Peter uses an analogy here. He uses a picture. The flood, Noah and his family, eight people in all, were on that ark, and they were the only ones who were saved, and they were saved in the ark, in the water, by God, and everybody else was destroyed. And baptism is then related to this, how baptism saves us. Now, he's not saying that it's the baptism itself that saves us, but it is a picture, and it wasn't the water who saved them. It was God who saved them and the ark of safety where they were. And what he's saying is that when we receive Christ, we are to be baptized as a symbol that we have been saved. And he says it's not the removal of dirt from the body, but a pledge of a clear conscience before God. So that settles it right there. So he's saying as, as you're baptized, it's not because you might wash a little dirt off your body that saves you. It's because you have trusted Christ and the sins that you have have been taken away because you have now a clear conscience toward God. And just as Noah's family was saved in that flood, so God saves us, and, our, and we picture that through baptism. And when we take that stand, it should be a deliberate 
stand to be baptized. It should be a, a dynamic commitment because we have already said, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior and King. I want you to be in charge of everything about me, Lord. And therefore, now I'm giving this public testimony through baptism of what you mean to me. And as we do that, it's important. And he says, he says it's a pledge of a clear conscience. The word pledge is a, is a legal term, and it means to pledge or to demand. You see, when a person was signing a contract, both then and now, he had, it was a pledge. And they asked him, do you pledge to obey and fulfill the terms of this contract? And if he had any hesitation, well, of course, uh, they didn't have him sign it. And when a person comes to Christ and receives him, and we are baptized publicly to demonstrate our faith, that we have died to our old way of life and now we have new life in Christ and that we're accepting Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for our sins, then it's, it's our pledge, our saying without hesitation, without reservations, without anything held back, I surrender everything. And if we have any, we should not be baptized. If we are not willing to make a total, all-out, complete commitment, then our baptism is not a worthy picture and it does not describe to others what Christ has done for us and what he is doing in our lives. So if you have not received Christ, then trust him as your Lord and Savior. If you have, then be baptized to picture that and and step into it with no reservations, but with a total clear conscience toward God and that you want everything to be what God wants it to be. And if you do, then it will be a, a good experience, a wonderful experience for you to do that. Now we're moving on into the fourth chapter of the book of First Peter. And here Peter starts out by talking about uh, our attitude in the midst of difficult times. Let me read a little bit. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised, he's talking about the friends of the believers, their former friends, that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead in their sins, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Attitude determines action. You see, before we make choices, we make decisions in our heart and mind and will to make that choice that we make publicly or openly. And so I think it's important that we realize the absolute significance of our attitudes. Our attitudes determine everything. And in, in these verses, Peter encourages us to, to have the right, the same attitude that Christ had, an attitude of obedience, an attitude of surrender, an attitude of commitment, an attitude that takes seriously what God says in his word, and, and an attitude that, that really uh, recognizes him and gives, gives strength to him. So keep that in mind, and we're going to pick up on that and talk more.